focus. Focus. The tide is coming in. But we've just begun our picnic. We aren't done with our game. Collect your beach blankets and playthings while you can. For the tide waits. For no man. Alright, welcome back to Processing College Football. This is our episode 10. It's our week 9 review, week 10 preview. Again, we are Processing College Football, the college football podcast designed to educate and entertain. I'm your host, Jason Randazza, or I'm, I'm at least one half of your hosting duo, Jason Randazza, and with me, as always, Mark Catlin. Mark, how are you this week? Doing great, man. It's been a good week so far, and it was a great football weekend. It was a great the... football weekend, and, and yesterday uh, was Halloween. Yeah, oh, dude. Did you guys celebrate? Ha- Halloween in Princeton can get pretty crazy. Yeah, I know, but, because they're like, oh, we have these colors. We got, we we wear, got our we wear black, these colors we got our orange. Every single day. Did your, did your kids dress up? <clears throat> they did. Uh, Sam was a ninja. Nice. She was awesome. Molly, our five-year-old, she was Elsa, of course. Yeah. Sarah, our three-year-old, was Anna, of course. That works out. And then Andrew, our Mm one-year-old, was... uh, What did he pick? Batman. (laughs) That's a good choice. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and it was his choice. You know, we went to the store, he looked at it, and he said, Hey, I think I want to be Batman. I'm Batman. Exactly. (laughs) What did Molly say when you told her learning was fruitless? (laughs) <laughs> Daddy, no it's not Stop being silly <laughs> Alright, good I, I'm glad uh, It was also Nick Saban's birthday So Nick, I know you're listening, happy birthday Hey Nick, way to go buddy <laughs> Way to go Happy 66th or something I don't know um, Alright, so as I said, this is our week 10 podcast uh, If you have questions you want us to answer Topics you want us to discuss Or terms you want us to define Send them in You can reach us mostly one of two ways Or even two of two ways If you're feeling ambitious You can tweet at us At ProcessingCFB Or email us at ProcessingCollegeFootball At gmail.com so, on the top of the show here, we like to process some things. So, first thing, I said we would process this week. Uh, last week I said we'd process the triple option. Can mm. I just tell you what I think the triple option is? And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so, What if you're right? What do I do? Uh, you say college <laughs> football. You're an expert now. Is, is your jam. Yeah, yeah okay, okay. we can just end the podcast right here because mm. I'm an expert and we have no ground there's to cover. Nothing, there's nothing to process anymore. Yeah. <laughs> nothing to process. All right, so the triple option, I'm assuming that uh, the three options, so this is something that offenses do. I'm right so far, I know. <laughs> the first option is the quarterback could throw it or he could hand it off or he could run with it. Is that right? No. No, it's totally wrong. Uh, it's not totally wrong. So it's, uh, you know, there's there's usually three options to do stuff. You know, on yeah, offense I just named all three of them, I thought. <laughs> exactly. But then it's like, is it that every offense? Right, that's what I was kind of thinking. So this is what confuses me. Yeah, so triple option, 
is applied to a specific kind of offense where there's three different options. So if you ever watch uh, Georgia Tech or mm-hmm. any of the like military academies, Navy, Army, or Air Force, uh, they run the what's called the triple option. And essentially what it is, it involves the quarterback and two running backs. And the three options are the quarterback immediately hands it off to the fullback, who just runs straight up the middle, right into the line. Then okay. the second option is uh, formed out of the quarterback. Then, if he fakes that handoff, starts running to like kind of along the line of scrimmage, a running back follows in front of him or goes in front of him about three to five yards, and that's where your two other options come from. The quarterback can either pitch it to the running back, uh-huh. or he can run the ball himself. So it's three running options. The uh-huh. quarterback can either hand the ball off immediately, run it himself, or pitch it to another running back. Okay, so it it sounds kind of basic, I guess, but this is really hard to defend against or something, or this is just so, I guess there's so much going on, and because there are three things that you have to defend at all time, it could be kind of difficult? I mean, is that yeah, the so it was it was a very popular way to run offense, especially before the forward pass was really well developed mm-hmm. on, in football. So it's and so this is the most old. Yeah, oh, for sure. And so this is like a very uh, efficient slash... Yeah, it's very hard to defend. And the reason it's hard to defend and the reason it's efficient is pretty much everybody has an assignment to block somebody on the defense. Mm-hmm. And you have three different options. So, And the quarterback is constantly reading what the defense is doing. So the quarterback controls everything. And so he has the ball. If he feels like, like the defensive end crashes down and is guessing you know that the quarterback's going to get the ball well then that's going to leave room for the other running back that he's going to pitch to to have to be able to get around the corner well if the defensive end goes and covers the pitch guy because that's been working a while well that's going to open up a lane for the quarterback to run through and so what they say is it's hard to defend because you have to be very very keyed in on your assignment Um, And so if you get caught inside, defensive end is really key in this. If you get caught inside as a defensive end, then they'll get the corner on you. If you go a little bit too far out, the quarterback will, you know, just take, go inside you and run for a big gain. Or sometimes you're, you're waiting and then boom, the fullback gets the ball right up the middle and they've been going outside the whole time. And so they surprise you because you get undisciplined in what you're doing, right? You get lulled into this pattern. And so you just have to always be on assignment and be focused. Um, and so it can be just really hard to defend. Then sometimes what will happen, and this is where sometimes you'll look up like Georgia Tech or Navy's quarterback stats. Passing yards aren't a ton, but like their yards per pass are like 30 yards a pass or something. Mm-hmm. It's because you've been running the triple option all day long. And then all of a sudden the quarterback will fake the dive. It looks like he's running to pitch it except he just stops and a wide receiver is running down the field and he's wide open because the safeties and corners have to come up to cover uh, and tackle the guys on the outside. And so a lot of times what you see is these wide open wide receivers downfield. And so the passing isn't a ton, but when they do it, it's usually pretty effective. Okay. All right. And we can talk a little bit more later about how effective Clemson was in defending against the triple option when they played Georgia Tech this past weekend. But next up, we want to process a, a nickel, the nickel. I think I've heard this on college football 
programs, games, yes. as they're yeah. called often. Yeah. People say nickel defense. Is is that a thing? Yeah, so triple option is offense, nickel is defense. You're you're doing great, Jason. All right. Um, <laughs> would you like to take a guess at what the nickel defense is, like you did with the triple option? <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to be way wrong. Okay. So I really hope you're – this would be amazing if you're right. Uh, is it when five defenders attempt to sack the quarterback? <laughs> Am I close? I'm, I'm no, guessing nickel I... is five. That's a great. That's genius. Yeah. yeah. So nickel does refer to five, and we'll talk about why it's genius in a second. Okay. But the easiest way to understand what a nickel defense is is that there's five defensive backs on the field okay. at one time, meaning there's five, some combination of corners and safeties that adds up to five. How many are there usually? Well, in a base defense, you'd have four. Because the way that they, the terminology is, you either run a 3-4 defense, which is what Alabama runs, uh-huh. or a 4-3 defense, which is more common. Uh-huh. Uh, that first number, like, so Alabama run a 3-4, is three defensive linemen, four linebackers. Okay, uh-huh. And so you would have three defensive linemen, four linebackers, or four defensive linemen, three linebackers, which is more common base. But that adds up to seven. You only have four players left, and so your defensive backs would be four. But especially for teams who, like with a spread offense, spreading people out, smaller, faster guys on offense, and passing a a lot more with more wide receivers, it became necessary to have more defensive backs, smaller, faster guys on the field. And so usually what you see now is people run a nickel defense. That's why you hear it a lot. So Alabama's in the nickel or whatever. Um, And so that means that Alabama's put a fifth defensive back on the field and taken out one of their defensive linemen or, line, or linebackers uh, so that you can trade out uh, a bigger, faster guy and put in a smaller or a bigger, slower guy and put in a smaller, faster guy to cover more wide receivers or whatever the case may be. So nickel defense very basically just means five defensive backs are on the field for the defense. I see. Now, then beyond that, there's also something called the dime defense. Oh, I was just going to ask. I so thought I invented I, I a play. Somebody else already beat me to it. Okay, what you, is it? You already got it. You put ten um, of them out there. And see, this is why the five is genius. No, the dime doesn't mean ten. It just means six. Uh, so you put you put a six defense back out there. So and given like. So wait, okay, the, this makes zero sense to me. Okay. But, oh, but it makes so much sense, Jason. Okay, wait, but if you put four out there instead of five, is that the penny defense? No, it's just your base defense, what they call it. Okay. So everything revolves around the nickel, so the five, so you get out there, oh, well, nickel, five. But then, like, the next coin up, right, is yeah. the dime. So you just go up one, then going up one coin, it's the dime. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you do some interesting math, like if you take the square root of the imaginary number and things like that, then what ends up happening is eventually you get to six from ten. So Yeah, sure. We used to do that back in high school. I don't know if you remember that. but Yeah, N- not really. High school for me was imaginary. <laughs> um... Exactly. It kind of was for me, too. Let's be honest. <laughs> it does. It seems like kind of a, a fading dream at this point. We have one last big thing we want to mm-hmm. process, uh, and it is big. It was the very first of the year college football playoff rankings. Wow. That's yeah. That's so uh, for those at home who didn't tune into the hour-long program like I did, 
the rankings are as follows. Actually, you know what? Let me do them in reverse order to build suspense. Mm, build, that's what they do. See, that's how you do it. See, we're learning. Yeah. We're learning. So build at suspense. number 25, we have Washington State. Uh, 24, Michigan State. 23, Memphis. 22, Arizona. 21, Wildcats. Stanford. Sorry. 20, NC State. 19, LSU. 18, USF. 17, USC. 16, Mississippi State. Number 15, Iowa State. Number 14, Auburn. Number 13, Virginia Tech. Number 12, Washington. Number 11, Oklahoma State. Number 10, Miami. Number 9, Wisconsin. Number 8, TCU. Number 7, Penn State. Number 6, Ohio State, number five, Oklahoma. And if the playoff were to happen today, the four teams that would make it would be number four, Clemson, plays against number one, Georgia. Number three, Notre Dame, would play against number two, Alabama. All right, so those are your rankings there. Jason, Jason, uh, are you sure you got that right? So Alabama's not number one then? Uh I couldn't believe it myself. Alabama is number two, uh, which is surprising because they've played and defeated such powerhouses as... Um, well, Fresno State, of course. <laughs> Fresno State. Colorado or Colorado State, I don't remember. And don't forget the two and five Seminoles. <laughs> that's, that's right. So sad. Oh, Florida State. More for you. All right. So uh, once again, your top four are Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson in that order. Mark, what did you think about these rankings? I so well, I mean, I had a lot of thoughts. Uh, started with the top four. I think that's probably the way. At least the top two, I should say. Mm-hmm. I would have put Georgia ahead of Alabama as well. Yeah. Um, they've had they've blown out the people they're supposed to blow out, mm-hmm. like Alabama has. And they have what has turned out to be a really, really good win over Notre Dame. Notre Dame's mm-hmm. a good football team. And they beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. And so, yeah, I think I think Georgia number one makes sense. I think Alabama at two makes sense. Notre Dame at three. Now, the big question is always, because Notre Dame, they've had a, a crazy schedule. They have the one loss by a point to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've, they've looked really, really good recently. You know, the debate is at number four. Uh, mm-hmm. Who should be there, and so that, that's a separate conversation. But I, I think it makes sense. You know, this is probably how I would have ranked them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we were texting back and forth, and I was saying that I think Georgia could be ranked ahead of Alabama. Um, but the other thing that I like about the top four is I like that Alabama's not number one. No, I'm it's, sure Nick Saban does too. Oh yeah, it's not rat poison. <laughs> and uh, so you know, um, I think that's great motivation. I think it's good. I think it puts pressure on Georgia uh, as the number one team. And so I think it's good, man. I, I I like I like where we are. And at the end of the day, if Alabama wins out, they're in. So it's not a big deal where you sure. are right now. So, um, but anyway, with regard to the top four, those are those are my thoughts. I think it's fine. All right, so here's some questions moving down the list real quick before we get into our our reviews. Miami at number 10, so they're an undefeated team here. Do you feel like 10 is a fair ranking for them for being undefeated? Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's just ahead of them at 9. You know, I think 
what they're saying is they don't have a ton of respect for the schedule they've played. And Miami also, I think, has played one less game at this point, maybe. Sure. I mean, you can almost credit them that win. I don't remember um, who it was against. It was... I don't even know if it was an FBS team. But... Uh, I think everybody's kind of... And they've had really close games that they've pulled at the end. Which they need to be credited for, but again, Wisconsin's right there, you know. But, you know, TCU ahead of them Mm -hmm. has beat Oklahoma State, even though they lost to the... Apparently the powerhouse Iowa State. Yeah. Um, Penn (laughs) State's losses is, again, this past week, I'm sure we'll talk about that, to Ohio State. So it looks like what they did for 5, 6, and 7 is they went... Okay, Oklahoma beat Ohio State. Ohio State beat Penn State, 5-6-7. TCU's loss isn't as good, and Wisconsin and Miami just haven't impressed me so far. Mm -hmm. So I think think the order makes sense. I I think it would be hard to make the argument that Miami should be above any of the other teams that are above them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And then some of what I read said that USF was a little disrespected here. Uh, they are another undefeated team, and they are ranked all the way down at number 18. And the committee has never ranked a non-Power 5 team, which they are higher than 13 ever. So starting at number 18, is there any way you see USF making it into the playoffs if they go undefeated the rest of the year? I mean, what chaos would have to happen? Hold on. Is that USF or is it supposed to be UCF? Oh, you know what? I think it's UCF. I think South Florida lost. Sorry, South Florida did lose. My bad. Central, South Florida. It's all the same. Whatever. I'm disrespecting them now. I can't get your, can't yeah, get you your team South name Florida right. Florida was disrespected. <laughs> Take that, Central Florida. Uh, they're interchangeable in terms of the ranking, in terms of not mattering. So, um, you know, they can go undefeated. They're not going to get to the playoff. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I was thinking about that, especially when you had, like, Memphis Navy, UCF, and USF was still undefeated. It's like, man, it could get interesting. But looking at their schedules, they just it's just not going to happen. Um, so I don't think it will cause any chaos. They might get into what they call a New Year's Six Bowl, mm-hmm. where there's some pretty big bowls on New Year's Day. But, yeah, I mean, they'll get into one of those, but they won't. They won't get to the yeah. They'll have to beat UAB out for a spot, though. Okay. <laughs> That's true, the Blazers. Strong comeback. <laughs> Moving on, Week 9 reviews. First up, we do have that Penn State-Ohio State game. Ohio State was favored by 7. This was a game on Saturday at 3.30. Final score here was 39-38 to Ohio State. JT Barrett was on fire. He threw uh, 33 of 30, or he completed 33 of 39 passes uh, with 328 passing yards and four touchdown passes. In the fourth quarter, he was flawless. Um, So, of those 33 passes he completed, 13 of them were thrown in the fourth quarter, accounting for 170 of the total yards. Trace McSorley, on the other hand, was 17 of 29 for 192 yards. Um, Saquon Barkley did have two touchdowns on Penn State, and or for Penn State, I should say. Um, I think he returned the, the opening kickoff for a touchdown 
too, and I, I texted you right after that happened, and I said, what does he have to do not to win the Heisman at this point? And apparently he answered my question. Apparently the answer is everything else he did in this game. Overall, he was held to 44 yards on 21 carries, which included a 36-yard touchdown run in, I think, uh, the first half. Um, I don't know, Ohio State came back from, I don't even remember what the deficit was, uh, it was at least 14 to maybe zero, uh, I think, yeah, it was, it was definitely 14 to zero, because the Penn State scored on the opening play, and then they scored again within, like, two minutes, so by four minutes into the game, uh, Ohio State was down 14 to nothing, but JT Barrett, like I said, just incredible game. Yeah, this game was... It was very interesting. I mean, you did say, what does he have to do not to win the Heisman? I think I said something, but I didn't say, like, the sort of thing that I thought would have to happen would be, like, he would get injured or something. And I yeah. just couldn't I couldn't text that. I was like, I just don't feel, it doesn't no. feel right to say that. You know? um, or he just has a really terrible game against JT Barrett in the same game that he goes off, right? I mean, this could have been the launching of JT Barrett's Heisman campaign. Because yeah. the, the, the problem right now is nobody... Like, other than Saquon Barkley up to this point, has been like, whoa, that guy's amazing. So JT Barrett, I think, put his name back in the Heisman race uh, with the performance that he had. It was shocking on so many levels. Uh, Saquon Barkley, it, you mentioned he only had 44 rushing yards, I think. But 30-plus of those came on one run. Yep. So the rest of that, I mean, he was, other than that, and that was his second touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um other than the kickoff, the rest of it, I mean, he's only getting like one yard a carry mm-hmm. after that. Less than, maybe. Less than. So, you know, Ohio State's really shutting him down. And a similar thing happened in Northwestern. Where I think in the first half of the Northwestern game, he actually had negative rushing yards. Mm-hmm. So there's apparently a way to shut down Saquon Barkley. Um, and that doesn't bode well either for Penn State or for Barkley's Heisman chances. But. I mean, this was this was shocking for a lot of reasons. One, uh, Ohio State has not shown the sort of resolve and metal in big games with JT Barrett at quarterback. Uh, you go you can go back to last year. You could go to this year, the Oklahoma game. He just didn't show up and play, mm-hmm. and it looked like it was going to be the same story again. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> JT Barrett in the fourth quarter is like, I, I guess I'll be as good as I'm supposed to be now, um, and he wins the game. And I. I don't like this for so many reasons, um, but the main one is, I, I think I was talking to my, maybe I was texting you about this too, but I think I was talking to my father-in-law. He's like, who do you not want to play in the playoffs? No, we talked like, about this last week, and you said that Ohio State, State because yeah. uh, it's an Urban Meyer coach team, and you don't know what to expect, yes. and yes. <laughs> something yes. like this. That's what I'm saying, dude. They can get hot and just, like, a defense has been shut down. They could run them over. Their defense could suddenly show up and shut down a, a Heisman candidate, the one that everybody thinks is going to win the Heisman. Mm-hmm. I just I don't want to play this team. Um, and so this was a little scary. And so, you know, we were talking last week, like, man, Ohio State really have a chance. Why are they favored by so much? And mm-hmm. but they've been taking care of the teams they're supposed to after the Oklahoma game. And we might have seen them in the second half emerge. And if they keep on this track, man, it's going to be uh, – I could easily see them 
jumping over uh, a Clemson and getting in that fourth spot if both of them only have one loss at the end. Yeah, I can uh, see that so, too. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I was I was kind of aboard the Penn State train, but it it did seem like in in this game they were exposed as being like one maybe two dimensional. You know, you shut down Saquon Barkley, and in previous games against, I guess, lesser teams than Ohio State, Trace McSorley was able to make something happen, but in this one, he wasn't, and um, and yeah, ultimately it just, uh, what he was able to do wasn't wasn't enough. Um, again, it was a close game, 39-38. Yeah, oh yeah, it was insane. I mean, but Ohio State's comeback, it's just it was so probable. Momentous. Um, but the, the other thing I would say, the thing that you're pointing out, I think, is a strength that Alabama has. Right? right. So Penn State, you shut down Saquon Barkley, okay, then Penn State's probably done. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say you shut down Damian Harris. Well, throw Bo Scarborough in there. Shut down mm-hmm. Bo Scarborough. Throw Joshua Jacobs in there. Throw, like the, <laughs> and then yeah. you got Jalen Hurst to shut down. That's part of the, the depth that Alabama has is one of the things that separates them from teams like Penn State. Okay, so we'll see how both those teams do going forward. Next up, we have our NC State, who were number 14th ranked at the time, playing against Notre Dame, 9th ranked at the time. Notre Dame was expected to win by 7.5. They won 35-14. to 14. So I said that I thought these two teams were actually pretty evenly matched, and I said it would be a close game with a lot of back and forth. And until about halfway through the second quarter, it looked like I might be right. NC State scores uh, first by blocking a punt and recovering it for a touchdown. Basically, somebody just blocked the punt and landed on it, and it was a touchdown. Then Notre Dame scores, then NC State, then Notre Dame, then Notre Dame, then Notre Dame, then Notre Dame. So, final score, like I said, 35-14, Notre Dame wins. Uh, Passing in this game was pretty abysmal on both sides, but the big news out of this game, once again... Uh, Josh Adams. He rushed for 202 yards, one touchdown, doubled everyone else's production in the entire game. Um, so he's making a little bit of Heisman hype for himself. Yeah, which is which is pretty good against the NC State defense. That, was, that is a good defense. Um, Nick Chubb's brother, running back for Georgia, mm-hmm. is one of the best defensive linemen in the country at NC State. Uh, some people think he's the best. So to be able to run against them is not just – it's not like you're running against anybody. You're running against a really good defense, especially defense in the line. So this is an impressive win from Notre Dame. I think it's why they find themselves uh, as a one-loss team up there at number three, uh, you know, ahead of – at the top of the one-loss teams, ahead of a couple of undefeated teams. They've got an impressive resume, and they look really good. They're starting to click, I think. Um and so, yeah, this is a really impressive win for Notre Dame. I agree. And, and the think, other loss for NC State is? Um, who did NC State lose to? It wasn't Florida State. The Mighty Gamecocks. Oh. Is that really the crazy? first game of the year. South Carolina beat <laughs> NC State. Wow. Amazing. All right. Well. SEC, baby. That's good for the Gamecocks. Um, all right, so, and, you know, I was thinking about it when I was looking at it. Notre Dame still have a, has a tough schedule ahead of them. I think they yes. still have, like, three more ranked opponents to play. Uh, I think that's right. So, 
their their spot is not guaranteed by any means. Next up, we're going to talk about TCU, who is ranked number four, playing against Iowa State, who is ranked number 25, and they were a touchdown favorite here. Final score, 14-7, to Iowa State. Iowa State. Okay, so last week, if you'll remember, one more thing I got wrong. I begrudgingly granted them permission to be in the top 25 last week. I said it wouldn't last. It would end this past weekend. It did not. Iowa State. Okay, so I said on Saturday, living up to their namesake, the Cyclones, uh, they single-handedly destroyed the Big 12's hopes of making to the playoff. Of course, at that time, you know, basically, so they had def- they had beaten Oklahoma, and now they just beat TCU, and those were the teams who you were expecting to be in playoff contention. I was like, oh, okay, so they've ruined it, but you know, I didn't take into consideration that with this win, Iowa State suddenly looks a hell of a lot better, Um, and so (laughs) now they're number 15, so Oklahoma's loss to them looks a lot better. Um, Coincidentally, or not even coincidentally, just funny enough, I guess. Uh, they're still expected to lose to West Virginia by two and a half this weekend. Um, <laughs> West Virginia is not ranked. Uh, rankings are a funny thing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, this is a pretty interesting development. The Cyclones come out of nowhere. It does make the Big 12 a little bit better, in my mind. Mm-hmm. But this is also a story of just TCU blowing it. Um, yeah. Like, Iowa State came out and just took the game from Oklahoma in many ways. This game, fourteen to seven, is a little bit different in the right, fourteen to seven game in the Big Twelve. That's an SEC score. You're like, okay, that makes sense. But TCU had the ball several times. They were about to score, like not only in the red zone, but like inside the ten yard line at the five, those sort of things, and through interceptions, fumbles, all this sort of stuff. And so they're just taking points off the board from them, and so just, and really stupid mistakes. It's like. Uh, Kenny Hill, especially for TCU, their quarterback just got lazy down there. Um, and instead of closing out drives, they just turned the ball over, and so they didn't score. Um, and so it's just a, it's kind of a strange game. TCU, I think, in many ways, outplayed them. Mm-hmm. But then you turn the ball over in the in the red zone, it's, it's a different ball game. So um, it's it's an impressive win for sure. Um, but uh, TCU just played a horrible football game. Yeah. So. All right. Well, maybe they can do better. And uh, now I'm definitely cheering for the Cyclones. Uh, I'm going to allow them to continue to be ranked. Hey, man, look. I mean, Iowa State keep winning. Everybody else lose. I'd love to face Iowa State in the playoffs. (laughs) Come on. It would be amazing. All right. Next, we're going to talk about Oklahoma State playing against West Virginia, uh, ranked 11 and 22, respectively, Oklahoma State just slightly more than a touchdown favorite here. They ended up winning this game fifty to thirty-nine. I I actually didn't watch this game. I have nothing to say about it. See, this is a far more typical Big Twelve, game. right? A shootout, Not like fifty to thirty-nine. Quarterbacks on all these interceptions here and there, but <clears throat> as a term you now know, just air raid football, right? Mm, yeah. The op- the opposite of the triple option if you through the Nic- air, nickel and dime defenses everywhere. Um, now that you know those terms, we can throw them around. Um, yeah, so, you know, my Cowboys, they're, they're my pick to come out of the Big 12. Looking good. It is looking better. You still have a couple teams in between <laughs> them and the... the... I think it's going to end up... It's going to come down. 
you know, Bedlam's important. Bedlam's this weekend. Hey, hey. We're going to talk about it in a minute here. Uh, first, let's talk about Michigan State playing Northwestern. <sighs> they were less than a field goal favorite, and they lost 39-31. to 31. I, I said that Northwestern's campus I had heard was beautiful, and I think maybe Michigan State, they were just distracted by it. Well, this was 39-31 in triple overtime. Oh, that's right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I didn't even write that. Yeah, it was a triple overtime Triple loss. OT. Uh, this was also this was like a classic Big Ten game. Because mm-hmm. in order to get to 39-31, you got to go into three overtimes. It's great. Um, that was kind of a sloppy football game. I'm a Spartan fan, kind of. Do you know what the uh, score was at the end of uh, regular or regulation? Three to three or something. Just kidding. I think it was ten to ten. I don't know. Yeah. Um, something low scoring. But uh, yeah, so. It's sad for old Sparty, uh, but it is the, the the importance of that game actually is that Michigan State was undefeated in Big Ten play up until that point, and so now yeah. they go uh, into the game uh, with Penn State. Both have one loss, so it's essentially an elimination game in the Big Ten for them coming up. Michigan State, Penn State, so that ends up being a much uh, it's it's an important game. It was going to be a huge game. Penn State had coming undefeated. Michigan State undefeated in Big Ten play. It was going to be a pretty big game, but lost a little bit of its luster, but now more like you're fighting for your life here coming up this week. So, um, But, yeah, you know, just a, a good old Big Ten low-scoring game. Sure, and it is sad for Michigan State. And speaking of sad things, Tennessee-Kentucky. <laughs> Final score of this game, 29-26. to Kentucky. Oh, gosh. This, once again, not my week. I also picked against Kentucky. I had no faith in Tennessee. Let's let's be clear. I just had less in Kentucky, but I should have had some. Um, this really kind of puts the nail in the, the Butch Jones coffin. They seem like they're not going to fire him yet, apparently. It looks like they might let him play out the rest of the season since the season's already lost and they can get away with paying less of a buyout, I think. Um, but like I said, they put him in the coffin, put the final nail in it, and I guess he'll just suffocate in there or something. <laughs> Gruesome. <laughs> so, so morbid. But, <laughs> but, uh, but it kind of describes the whole situation pretty well. I think I think they realize this team is going to lose like every game they're going to play, and so just pin it all on Butch Jones. Say, look how bad he sucked, and get him out. Uh, but this is sad. This is very sad for a proud program like Tennessee. Butch Jones was supposed to be essentially the equivalent of the Nick Saban to come back and bring this program to prominence. Yeah, did happen? Oof! It looked like it might happen, and now it, yeah. It's yeah. it's a sinking ship. It's a rotting corpse in a coffin. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's not good there for the volunteers. And by the way, the Northwestern Michigan State game and it's seventeen seventeen in regulation. Michigan oh, okay. State scored with uh looks like twenty five seconds left to make it seventeen seventeen uh-huh. so overtime. So anyway, but yeah, Tennessee Kentucky. Anytime you lose to Kentucky, it's a sad day. Yeah, agreed. Unless it's basketball, then it's it's, it's expected. All right, next on our quick pick list was Clemson, Georgia Tech. Clemson 
uh, 14.5 point favorite. They won by 14 points. So Kelly Bryant did actually end up coming back and, and played. And it, yeah. it looked like they didn't really miss a beat, uh, playing like they never lost to Syracuse. Um, but we know that they did. <laughs> they really did. All right. Hey, you might have played like you didn't lose, but <laughs> hey, just a reminder. You did. You did. You lost to the Orange Men. So uh, we That's said we'd time. talk a little bit about this. Clemson seemed to do perfectly fine playing against the triple option. I don't know if Georgia Tech was just having an off day or something. but um... Well, you know, I, I thought about picking Georgia Tech uh, in this game. I talked about that last week. One thing I didn't take into consideration, this is important actually going into Georgia Tech, is Clemson was coming off a bye week. That's true. And so you have – I think yeah, when you have a little extra time to prepare, mm-hmm. uh, you can. It's a little bit easier. But the other thing that's effective can be effective about the triple option these days is nobody runs the offense, and so you don't. It's not something that you regularly talk about as a defense. And so your assignments change all of a sudden for one week, you know. Mm. Uh, and. I mean, your assignment sort of changed. What you do changes a little bit. And so you got to suddenly get your natural instinct to be a little bit different for one week and then go back. And so a lot of it just depends on, okay, do, do they make that quick adjustment or not? So if you – like there was a Georgia Southern game against Alabama a few years ago. Georgia Southern's an FCS team. They run the triple option. They ran for 300 yards against Alabama's defense, which was wow. – same most by far of anybody scored 21 points and so it's just a matter of like how well did you prepare that week for the triple option but i think clemson with an extra week to prepare uh they, they they got the assignments down but will they have any trouble going back to a non-triple option team now no no they will, they will be very relieved all right next on our quick picks washington state arizona Mm-hmm. Washington State expected to win. However, they lost by 21 points to Arizona, 58 to 37. Heck of a game. So, Arizona, you had mentioned before uh, Arizona's quarterback, yeah, Khalil Tate. Khalil Tate, yeah, unbelievable athlete. Yeah. yeah, he's been really incredible, and he was really incredible in this game. I do not have any of the stats, but. Um, Oh, played a heck 50, of a game. We got 58 points right there. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Washington State, as it turns out, is Washington State. And so yeah. now they're going to lose games. Sad. Um, but, yeah, Arizona looked good. I'm glad I went back and changed my choice there. Of course, the next game here, Arizona State-USC, I picked Arizona State. And, well, yeah, so speaking of that game, USC was a uh, field goal favorite. USC won 48-17. to Thanks, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't watch this game either. Once again, on at 10.45 p.m. Um, <laughs> I got nothing to say. Yeah, I, I actually was able to catch a little bit of this game. Uh, Arizona's de- Arizona State's defense had started, was starting to play better, start stop teams, Sam Darnold turned the ball over. I was like, Arizona State's going to be... They had a good, couple of good wins, and then it was like Sam Darnold decided to be the Heisman candidate that everybody thought he was. So. Yeah. 40-yard touchdown pass everywhere. This sucks. So, well, I mean, hey, my Trojans are back, you know. They're going to they're gonna take the world by storm now. Except, are, they, are, they, except, are they back enough to actually win the Pac-12? Who knows who's going to win the Pac-12? The Pac-12 yeah. is insane. It could be, but the problem is uh, you just have – you literally have no idea what Sam Darnold's going to do. 
He's going to throw four touchdowns every game. It just depends on to which team. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, Pac-12 is crazy. Uh, here's a team that definitely won't win the Pac-12. UAB, Southern Miss. Um, <laughs> although, like I said, Pac-12 is crazy. Who knows? Maybe they could. Dude, that um, transition was amazing. terrible. <laughs> I'll tell you a team will win I'm editing it out. Anyway. No, dude. No, keep it in there. It's- all right, so UAB played Southern Miss. Southern Miss, almost two touchdown favorite. Yeah. UAB wins this one, thirty to twelve. This is a huge Lasers. win for UAB. Um, like I said, nearly fourteen point dogs, and they beat Southern Miss by eighteen. An article I read said that even after two years without a program, UAB still has Southern Miss's number. They were on a streak of beating them. I think almost every year they were not expected to, and. And uh, they just kept beating them. This this was a rivalry game. Um, it wasn't on television, so I had to listen to it on the radio. Have you ever done that with a football game? Dude, it's so exciting. It's really, I, really confusing. I, confusing oh. is the word I would use. Um, oh, that's different. <laughs> but but <laughs> I, I did hear the final play very clearly. Um, Southern Miss, really with no hope left to win. They were trailing... 23 to 12 in the final seconds of the game trying to pass downfield then it's intercepted and returned for a touchdown the game ends 30 to 12 this makes UAB one game away from bowl eligibility and you know what else okay so UAB will probably get uh, bowl eligible after this weekend we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute Um, but they stand a pretty good chance of preventing (laughs) Florida from going into a bowl game so I really hope that happens. Um, once oh, again, this uh, was the game on UAB schedule that they were expected to win the least, according to those those stats by Bill Connolly over at SB Nation. Florida is a full-on dumpster fire. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. All right, speaking of dumpster fires, we have a couple of them right here in the Arkansas-Ole Miss matchup. Arkansas was expected to lose this, actually, by three and a half points um they ended up winning 38 to 37 so this was kind of a slugfest um i guess kind of a bittersweet win for arkansas because let's be honest they really should have won old miss is without a legitimate head coach and on a backup quarterback who who actually did pretty well um have you heard of this guy his name is jordan and then his last name is t-a apostrophe a-m-u which i guess is like tamu He's playing for the wrong SEC team, I think. Anyway, he was uh, 20. Uh, he, he completed 20 of 30 passes for 368 yards, um, and he led the 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 Land Sharks to a 31 to 7 lead uh, early in this the second quarter, and then they blew it. The defense really uh, sucked, I guess for for Ole Miss. 31-7, to seven, and then Arkansas comes back and wins it. It's terrible. Yeah, I have nothing else to say about this game. All right, uh, we didn't preview these games, but we can talk a little bit about them. Georgia just destroyed Florida, 42-7, to seven, and uh, McIlwain's now out at Florida. Who do you think they'll pick? Who do you, who do you think they'll get to replace him? To replace Jim McIlwain? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, Steve Spurrier is going to come out of retirement. <laughs> I did. There was some funny comment 
I was like, yeah, now the coaching carousel, social media age will start rolling, and somebody will see Steve Spurrier paddling down the creek with, you know, just listen to all these coaches, and there's going to be all this talk about it. Who knows, man? This The fact that Tennessee and Florida and the SEC East are both down as much as they are is it's hard to watch. Speaking of down and Florida, so do you think without uh, McIlwain they'll actually be worse off? I'm hoping they will be because UAB still has to play them. Oh, so savage. You're savage. Um, I I think they might be better. <laughs> See, that's what I was afraid it's, of. <laughs> it's it's hard to be worse, you know? Like, because right. the, the, as, as players, right? I mean, well, hey, you got to take into consideration, right? Alcowain didn't only get fired because of on-field performance. Like, no. That's like his, I guess his family thing, which may or may not have been fabricated. Um, so, as players, though, you have pride, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you... You want to show people that you're good at football and you don't completely suck. And so, mm-hmm. hey, your coach just got fired partially because you've sucked on the field. Mm-hmm. So to show people that you're not as bad as they think, you want to go out and just have, have pride. Play for the guys who are next to you. Play for the people that support your program, for the fans, the other coaches, etc. And so it can kind of be like a kick in the pants, like, holy crap, that dude's gone. Mm-hmm. we got to step it up. And it can be something that kind of galvanizes a team. I don't know how that's going to how far that's going to get these Florida Gators. Not very far. Mm-hmm. But I think they may look a little bit better or at least a little more motivated on the field, yeah. maybe, um, because of how everything went down. And McElwain just seems like maybe he was actually a cancer to that team. So Yeah. Well, like I said, remaining goal for me and UAB is to prevent them from getting to a bowl. So uh, look out for the Blazers, uh, Florida. We're think, coming think, for you. I think... I think game day is going to be there. They've already announced it. <laughs> that would be awesome. All right. Uh, another game we didn't talk about, but geez, I don't know. FSU against Boston College. Final score on this, 35-3. to Boston College wins it. What the heck? So I started watching games on Saturday, unaware that this had even taken place. It happened on Friday. Florida State, this is, I mean, this is really unreal. All indications are this could be, like, their worst season since Bobby Bowden's first season, like, 40 years ago or something. Uh, they're also the lowest-scoring Power 5 team this season. But you know what they do have going for them? Uh, they're not uh, Baylor. They're not Baylor. <laughs> Baylor's still winless. Yeah, um... This is very sad. I mean, this reminds me a little bit of uh, Alabama's 2000 season, where 1999 Alabama wins the SEC championship. It was a guy named Freddie Millens just running all over the place. We had a bunch of guys coming back in 2000. Preseason number three. I actually still remember watching the opening game of that season against UCLA at Philsbury Doughboy's house. Yeah. And. Freddie Millen's first punt, UCLA kicks their first punt. Freddie Millen's returns it for a touchdown. I start running around Pillsbury Doughboy's house yelling, we're going to win the national championship. We ended up losing by three touchdowns, <laughs> and then we went three and eight that year. Wow. Preseason number three, three and eight. And this season looks a lot like that for oh, Yeah, preseason number um, three. And so, it's just so painful. Just yeah. so painful. 35 to three is really rough. 
Yeah. So, do you think there's some sort of? It also, I don't know. totally sucks for Alabama. Yeah. No, I know this was a signature win, and now it's um, I don't know. It might right, still it's... be a signature win. It's just an ugly signature. It, it might be below Fresno State, though, as you said. Um, sure. Maybe there's both, like both FSU's, by the way. There's an an equilibrium in the state of Florida. You know, FSU and Florida are both down, and that has allowed USF and UCF to to kind of I don't know rise. Miami stays the same, um, although they rose a little bit too. Anyway, uh, that's uh, a physics lesson for, for those of you out there. The state can only hold so much pressure. So. Straight back to high school once again. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk some Week 10 games. It's going to be a whole day of team sports and beer. Get the old heart rate up. Maybe pound a cheeseburger in the sun. Throw some butter on it. You're going to love it. So we got seven top 25 matchups this week. We're going to have to go through them a little bit quick because we're – we're already 48 minutes into what this time. show. What a time. All right. So, first up, number seven, Penn State playing against number 24, Michigan State. Penn State expected to win by nine points. This is a 12 p.m. game on Fox. What do you think happens? Uh, I do, uh, you know, ooh. Sparty's going to, well, they're both going to be a little, like, down. Yeah. Yeah. Sparty's going to be pretty tough, tired. Tough losses. Triple overtime, both teams on the road previous week. I think, unfortunately, I think Penn State's going to come out with a vengeance and cover. I agree. I don't think that they are totally defeated or demoralized at this point. Michigan State, I think, is more likely in that camp. So I think Penn State uh, still thinks that they're playing for a playoff spot, and, and maybe they are. Uh, they are ranked number seven, so I, I think they cover. I, I think this could get messy, though. It could be a high-scoring affair. Well, do you have a score? Um, let's say forty-one to wow. twenty-three. Other direction as far as how high the score is. I got twenty-seven ten. No, you're crazy. No, I mean, I don't know. Clearly, I I have been totally wrong on absolutely everything. I mean, all of my picks from last week were wrong. Um, I didn't know what a nickel defense was. Um, I didn't know what a triple option is. Uh, you know, probably the score will be 7-3. to three. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to overtime with double zeros. <laughs> all right. Uh... <laughs> Next, we have Clemson, number four, playing NC State, number twenty. Uh, Clemson's favored by seven and a half points. This is a three thirty game. You can catch it on ABC. Uh, again, I think Clemson. I, I think they they cover. Uh, probably similar to how they did uh, last week. I think twenty seven to ten. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to take uh, the Wolfpack winning outright, 21-20. Outright. Okay. So yeah. uh, Clemson's playoff chances die here? Gone. Gone. Okay. Bold pick. Thank you. Let's talk Stanford, ranked number 21, playing against Washington State, number 25. I told you Washington State was my Pac-12 team, but I don't know. I'm I'm probably a, a fair weather weather fan. I, I don't think they win this one. Although I don't have a whole lot of faith in Stanford either. 
But uh, hey, so hey, hey, hey. Talk Washington State is expected to win two and a half by two and a half points. Um, this is a three thirty game as well, uh, playing on Fox. I think Stanford wins this. Gosh, let's say twenty eight to twenty one. Stanford wins it 38-30. All right. All right. Next on Fox Sports 1 at 4 p.m., we have Bedlam. Oklahoma ranked number five, playing against number 11, Oklahoma State. Jason, am I reading this right? State's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah. Does that surprise you? It surprised me. You know, every once in a while, uh, the so I I get my lines from the Yahoo Sports app, um, and every once in a while they record the the line wrong. For instance, right before the Alabama Florida State game, they were saying Florida State had become a seven point favorite. So this it's possible that it's wrong, but I don't think it is. It also makes sense. I'm just, uh, well, I mean, it's only two and a half, but yeah, I mean. And they are playing it in, uh, I don't know, wherever. Stillwater? Well, yeah, Stillwater. At, at Boone Pickens Stadium. Boone Pickens, baby. Um, well, Boone Pickens is going to be happy because the Cowboys are going to win this, baby, and cover. Really? Oh, yeah, I got. Well, Oklahoma State's my pick to win the Big 12. All right, so, so what do you have the score at? 31 28. They're going to cover huge. 31 to 28. Okay. Um, I think Oklahoma wins. I think Baker Mayfield um, has a chip on his shoulder. And they win it 42-35. That's very fair. I like that. All right. Let's talk Alabama LSU. Alabama. number Number two Alabama. Playing against number 19 LSU. Sounds strange, doesn't it? It does. It Maybe not as strange as saying number 19 LSU, who we have been talking about how they were terrible. They um, are. <laughs> I'm surprised not to see Troy in the rankings. Um, maybe next well, week. Maybe anyway, if they hadn't lost to South Alabama. <laughs> the very next week. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have Alabama as a three-touchdown favorite. This is an 8 p.m. game on CBS. Do you think Alabama covers this? I do. I what? think Alabama covers. I think Alabama wins thirty-four to seven. Thirty-four to seven. I also have them covering, but not by that much. I think LSU scores ten, um, but I, I think Alabama is probably <laughs> going to be maybe forty-two. They do like to put up a lot of points this year. Well, I think it was Darius Geis, LSU's running back, said something like, we're bigger, we're stronger, and we're going to beat them up. So, you know, a little motivation. Last time somebody talked trash against Alabama, it was Vanderbilt, and <laughs> nothing. So, uh, usually not a good idea. Yeah. Um, I think Alabama's going to come out with a chip on their shoulder, LSU yeah. talking trash. They're gonna Number show two that. ranking. There. They're going to show, hey, these teams from Alabama, like Troy, hey, we can really play some football over here. So uh, I, I I, really think it's going to get Alabama's going to own them. And they're not going to let up. See, but to some extent they could actually be victims of their own success. If they really come out and just totally demolish LSU, 
LSU is only ranked number 19. They could fall out of the rankings, and then LSU would, or Alabama would, still not have a, a ranked win on their, on their schedule. Doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that Alabama wins their games and then beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Okay. All right. Next, let's talk Miami number ten playing against Virginia Tech number thirteen. Tech expected to win two and a half points. 8 p.m. on ABC is where you can catch this game. You, you know, this 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 line actually makes a lot of sense. Miami has been playing games uh, really close, and, you know, it won't be long before it bites them on the butt, and it could be this weekend. Um, I think Virginia Tech wins 24-21. Uh, I think that's a good call. I got Tech 21-17. All right, let's talk Arizona. Ooh, Arizona football. Big one. All right, Khalil Tate facing Sam Darnold at USC. So, Arizona's ranked number 22. USC is ranked number 17. Arizona is a 7.5-point dog here. This is a 10.45 game on ESPN. Um, in case you have insomnia, you can catch this all this action. This could be high scoring. I don't actually have a score for this game. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot to a lot. Yeah. yeah. Cleo Tate's going to run all over the place. Uh, I need USC to do something because I said they would. So uh, I'm going to go USC by a safety. Oh, okay. So um, you're taking Arizona with the points. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's a good call. Um, I think USC wins, but Arizona covers. Um, what what should I say? Uh, let's say... Uh, I don't know. 48-42. 51-49. All right, I have 48-42. All right, uh, now we have time for some quick picks, although we've been going through all of these pretty quick. Uh, let's talk UAB Rice. UAB Vegas UAB says they're going to win by eleven higher. points. Wow. UAB wins and they cover, and they become bowl eligible. Uh, they're going to be one thousand. They're going to take uh, the foot off the gas, and um, Rice will they will actually score ten points. Okay, wow. so one thousand to ten. That's a fair guess. All right. Barely cover. <laughs> Barely cover. All right. Uh, Auburn's playing Texas A&M, and uh, they're supposed to beat them by about 15 points. This is a 12 p.m. game on ESPN. Do you think they, they beat them by, by 15 points? Alabama only beat them by eight. I think Auburn wins, but A&M will beat the spread. Do you think so? Because Mississippi State just beat A&M by, I don't know, a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. I just need Auburn to win. I don't really care if they cover or whatever. Auburn needs to win. Because we need, we need a big... We need Auburn to be ranked high when we play them. So. Oh, okay. But if Texas A&M beats Auburn, is there any chance they... No, no. There are already three losses, right? They, they don't get ranked. They might. I mean, they might. I don't know. These teams are terrible. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry, these, by these teams, I mean, yeah, it, college football. 
those problems. But. All right. I think that Auburn actually does cover. I'm going to pick them uh, nice. 38 to 12. I'm sorry, 30 to 12, not 38. They don't win by that much. Okay. Um, next, Wisconsin's playing Indiana, 13-point favorites. Wisconsin's ranked number nine. This is a noon game on ABC. If you want to watch it, I think Wisconsin covers this. Yes. That's all I'm going to say about that. Next, we have Georgia, number one ranked Georgia, playing oh, against South Carolina, who is six and two, and as you said, one of those, one of those wins is against ranked NC State. So mm-hmm. South Carolina already going to a bowl. Not sure which one. <laughs> they are twenty-four point dogs here. Um, this is a three-thirty game on CBS. Is there any way Georgia covers us? I mean, there's a way, but that's intense. Man. That's a lot of points. These people really like Georgia. Yeah. Uh, I'll say Georgia wins, but doesn't cover. Yeah, I agree with that. Next, Notre Dame, ranked number three, playing against the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. Notre Dame almost expected to win by two touchdowns. This is a 330 game, of course, on NBC. Um... I think they cover this, though. I think they cover pretty easily. I, I would like, I'd probably switch the spreads on the Georgia South Carolina Notre Dame Wake Forest games. I think Notre Dame should be favored by more Georgia by this. All right, next, Tennessee is playing Southern Miss, who UAB just beat. So uh, this will be a nice game to kind of get UAB a transitive win because I'm taking Southern Miss to beat Tennessee. Tennessee is only expected to win by seven. Um, And this is actually a televised game on the SEC network, if you have it. It takes place on 7.30 at 7.30 p.m. Tennessee really needs to win this game. (laughs) I I don't really care about Tennessee. I just care about like, okay, you're going to lose all your SEC games. That's fine. You have a win against Georgia Tech, you know, out of conference. Great. Don't lose to Southern Miss and make the entire SEC look terrible. Just win. You don't have to cover. You don't have to do anything. I don't care if you win three to nothing. Just win the freaking football game. No. Southern Miss is going to win by seven. Sweet um, mother. Is that so you can have a transitive victory for yeah. the movie? Yes. Um, okay. And then <laughs> I put this on here just for fun. Baylor is playing Kansas at noon on I think Holy crap, Fox Sports Network. This is this is Baylor's best chance for a win all season. Okay, so they have no wins so far. They they got to beat Kansas because after Kansas they play Texas Tech, then they play Iowa State, then they play TCU. Um, do they win? That's that's all I'm asking. I don't even have the line for this game. Does Holy Baylor get their, their first and probably only win this season? Jason, they, they just they have to. Yeah. <laughs> Go, going winless is just, like, there's no redeeming value in your season at all. And then again, they shouldn't have any redeeming value in their season, so they lose. They, so I... Jayhawks, Jayhawks win by 10. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm going to agree. I, th- I think they lose. Um, it will be really sad if they lose this game and their one win is against Iowa State, throwing the wow. entire Big 12 into just... Oh, dude. Iowa State's going straight to the playoffs, madness. 
All right. Uh, speaking of Iowa State, they're playing West Virginia. West Virginia, two and a half point favorite. You, you got you got a, a line on this game. Cyclones. Outright. Cyclones outright by a field goal. All right, I agree. Oh, by a field goal. Mm, all right, I'll I'll believe you. And then Ohio State's playing Iowa. Any interest in that game? Uh, Ohio State's expected to win by like right. eighteen. But Iowa's a tough team. I mean, Iowa took Penn State to the last play of the game. Uh, Iowa, yeah, Penn State had to score literally in the last play of the game in order to beat them. So, right, Iowa is one of the other teams that was able to to kind of uh, handle Saquon Barkley pretty well. So, the thing is, what I mean, if if Iowa were going to repeat that performance against Penn State against Ohio State, I mean, who are they targeting? Well, the Iowa game, they didn't really handle Saquon. Saquon Barkley got yards. They just didn't score a ton of points. Um, like, they came up with some field goals, I think. But, yeah, I mean, that's a stingy defense. I think Ohio State is on a high. I think mm-hmm. their confidence level is high. I think JT Barrett's going to come out. Guns blazing. And so I think Ohio State will just knock down. Yeah. No, that's what I see happening as well. By I don't know, probably like twenty-four points. All right, that's Sounds all the games perfect. I have on my slate. You got any other ones you want to discuss or anything else? No, um, you know I think uh, things are shaping up nicely. All right, so that is processing college football for this week. Once again, you can find us on iTunes or Google Play. I don't really know why I mentioned that at the end of every episode, because you're listening to us, so you probably found us somewhere. So you can find us wherever you find us. Mm. Uh, As usual, please rate and review us. It really does help with our rankings. Um, And this week, it's back. You can tweet at us, and if you tweet at us... You can uh, give the phrase or the passcode, cornbread stuffing, um, and I will tell you what your spirit animal is. Oh, dude, spirit animals. There's that. Anyway, that's our show. It always is here on Processing College Football. All right, Mark. I will catch you next week. Catch you on the flip side.